Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot. Connect to more. It's 4 o'clock. Welcome to Tutel and Nuanes, Montana's only statewide sports talk show. Broadcast on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Western Montana and across the state on SWX Television. I like football! Now, sports talk from Montana for Montana. Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. Another day of Paddleheads baseball, and maybe today we learn something from someone who knows about it. A little bit of business, a little bit of fencing, and a whole lot of everything else. It is to tell new one is 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, across the great state. Outstanding to be with all of you on this very fine Tuesday afternoon. Hope you are having a fantastic day. Thanks for sharing some of it with us on your radios, on your televisions, or on your internets, as the case may be. 1029ESPN.com is where you go for a whole bunch of stuff, including to listen to this show live when it's on in the station live 24 hours a day the stream is available uh, on the listen live tab at the website 1029espn.com it's there thanks to opportunity bank of montana opportunity bank your local bank your opportunity if you'd like to be a part of it feel free 361-3688 area code 406 
361-3688 is the phone number. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Uh, we have a whole bunch of people we're talking to today, Coulter. Looking forward to this. We're going to start off right off the get here in just a couple of minutes with Matt Ellis, the uh, general manager of the Missoula Paddleheads. Again, the Paddleheads announcing yesterday that they have agreed uh, to uh, continue on within the Pioneer League. All eight franchises, all eight clubs that have made up the Pioneer League are going to continue on as a Major League Baseball partner league uh, for this forthcoming season and beyond. What does that mean? What are the uh, upshots of it? What does it entail? We, we went through some of that yesterday, but Matt will certainly uh, be the expert on this. So uh, we're pleased to have him on to talk to him about it here in just a little bit. In about a half an hour from now, Grayson Katzenbach, who is a, uh, a coach, uh, formerly a participant, an athlete, and also an official in fencing. That's right. Not like, you know, the barriers around the earth. We're talking about, you know, the, the the you know the sword fighting fencing the barriers around the earth yeah so there's their fences they're, what they're barriers around the earth fences uh any case uh she's gonna join us looking forward to this uh to talk about uh the missoula fencing club it's a day of giving around the city of missoula we know that a bunch of nonprofits have been you know obviously hindered and 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 come across tough times uh over these past months the missoula fencing club certainly some of that and one that maybe doesn't have a whole lot of shine to begin with in terms of exposure in certain areas and so a little bit of a niche uh uh sort of uh you know uh athletics endeavor that that is but obviously an Olympic sport for crying out loud. So we will have uh, uh, Grayson on talk about that. We'll also get into uh, just the final uh, around the state, all of the state champions across the sport. So you spent a lot of time, obviously, paying attention to football, what was going on across the state. But you talk about golf, talk about soccer, talk about volleyball. All these things happen over the course of this fall. We got state champions. Very fortunate to have that in the state of Montana. So we just recap some of that stuff. Top of the hour, it is, once again, a Tuesday. Our good friend, Justin Angle, the professor of uh, business and marketing at the University of Montana, will join us for the business. Angle has a number of things to go through, in particular, uh, highlighting the business element as we saw uh, over the course of uh, of the weekend in the NFL and some of the things that he sort of took out of that obviously we know it's a business but some things that sort of brought that to uh, maybe a more acute point and also on the vaccine which uh, we all hope is forthcoming we've heard good things about that this you know vaccine is out there but nonetheless uh, when it comes up how is it distributed who gets it and how does it work you know there's a lot of things that have sports upshot obviously in all of that we'll also hear from Travis DeCure in that segment as well and also in the next hour Grizz Greats the silver anniversary of the 1995 national champions last week Coulter did this well released it while I was gone uh, but we didn't get a chance to actually play it on the show it was a short week we really punched uh, pushed for it but Joe Douglas Joe Douglas great wide receiver uh, for the Grizzlies uh, joined us and uh, and we will play a portion of his episode here for you on the show today so there you go that is what we're going to get into here on a Tuesday uh, afternoon Coulter nice to see you over there how we doing Looking very, uh, you know, you look at you, flanneled up. I'm, I appreciate this. This is good. <laughs> I guess I uh, had a stated goal of wearing all of my shirts before wearing them again. Okay. I don't wash my dress shirts that often. More are out they of dry a, clean or are they? W- I used to washed. dry clean them. Then I decided that was a little bit of a. Uh, 
too elevated of an extra expense? Well, I mean, some things you're supposed to dry clean. You have to. Sure, that's right. Um, so you're saying you were dry cleaning shirts that were easily machine washable? 50-50. The point is, <laughs> the point is that uh, the, the point is it was a social experiment as well as a uh, personal indictment for myself. Okay. Um, because I wore a new shirt pretty much every day for about oh probably ninety days straight. Oh, that's egregious. Nobody w- noticed. So therefore, that was affirming to realize that no one cares. Um, secondly, no. Yeah. Secondly, a referendum on myself because I thought to myself, even if each, even if each of these shirts costs five dollars which most of them cost 10 times to 20 times that much uh, 50 to a hundred dollars I, I, I right. could I could uh, go on a trip around the world twice yeah and just wear the same shirt because right. no one notices but this was a shirt that I hadn't had you since are. last winter so it feels like a new shirt that's right and I'm hot I'll bet well it looks great on you um, even though I don't notice or care, I am happy for you to live your life however you'd like. I encourage you to buy no more new shirts and travel a little bit. It's Sutel <laughs> Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Uh, uh, I we, got, so you, I got, you need to do something. You need to go to the new SWX studio. Mm. They got, the, it's the same place, yeah. but they have a new. Uh, you were on SWX sports, tonight last they night. They got a new sports lounge. A little oh, more casual, wow. some couches, highlights in the back. I do struggle at the desk, man. I must say, I never feel real comfortable. I know you're supposed to sit on the yeah, coattails yeah, of your yeah, sport coat. You're yeah. not supposed to sway back and forth, but a little bit of a lean back situation, maybe some jorts. I don't know, whatever. So you I'm know your pants, into. your shoes are in the shot now, so that's going to be a problem yeah, for you. You'll know I'm barefoot then. <laughs> Uh, I know one of the things you talked about is something we're going to talk about right now. So we go now to the Rangers Brothers RV phone line. Welcome in the uh, general manager of the Missoula Paddleheads professional baseball team, Matt Ellis, joining us. Matt, we appreciate you being here. We appreciate you taking the time out. We know that yesterday was a big day, this big announcement for the Paddleheads yesterday. And we've read through a lot of the material, and I think that it makes some sense to people. I think they're kind of getting uh, an idea of this. But talk to us about this Major League Baseball partner league that the uh, p- the Pioneer League is now going to be uh, associated with Major League Baseball and some of the upshots of that and also just in general the excitement of being able to have baseball local baseball professional baseball here and remain in the city of Missoula well hello gentlemen thanks for having me on yeah it's a, it was an exciting uh, day yesterday to announce this new partnership with Major League Baseball um, as you guys have seen for the last 14 months um, baseball is going under uh, some change and, and how uh, players are developed and um, we're all being impacted by that and, um, and just because it's changing doesn't necessarily mean it's all bad it's actually a very uh, we're very excited about the arrangement we've created um, and what the future holds for Missoula Paddleheads baseball we think the quality of our product on the field is going to be better than it's been in the past um, we think we're still going to see players go from Missoula to the major leagues and uh, we just um, we're real excited about um, what the future holds. It, it was a long 14 months, but uh, uh, we're happy to have a, a resolution uh, 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 that came out as good as this one. Matt, thanks so much for being on. It's, it's crazy because we usually have you on the show all the time. And like you said, it's been 14 months since we've had baseball. We talked a little bit about this transition yesterday and some of the, the optimism that we had. But, but tell us some of internally within the organization, what are some of the things that are going to be different but that you guys are excited for as the Missoula Paddleheads? 
Well, um, you know, the, the number one thing is, is we accomplished two major goals, and that's one, just to remain a professional baseball team and league, and then two, to be associated and be a partner with Major League Baseball. So we've accomplished those two things. Now, I'll be honest, there's a lot of uh, details that are still being talked about, and uh, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna release some more exciting details uh, in the future, but, uh, and so I need to let some of those discussions continue to happen. So I don't have all your answers today, but um, the, the, the basic um, gist of it is um, we're going to have the ability to have a lot more say in who plays for our team, who manages our team, who coaches our team, um, and uh, we're going to have um, uh, a lot of fun doing that, and we're going to make sure that we bring players in that are of high quality on the field, but also quality people off the field that fit with our, our value system, not only for the team, but for the community. And um, we're going to put together um, as a league, a real exciting product that we think is going to be a, a level above what the Pioneer League was prior to um, this year. Matt Ellis joining us, the vice president of the Missoula Paddleheads. And again, the Paddleheads announcing that they will be in Missoula playing baseball, as will the other seven members of the Pioneer League in a new uh, professional major league baseball uh, partner uh, partner league. Matt, I want to know a little bit about what what the partnership is in there. Uh, in the press release, it talked about you know Major League Baseball is going to give uh, some some finances to the league to you know start you know to, to, I guess to kind of continue it and get it up and running in this new form that it's taking, and also is going to outfit all the parks. Uh, it sounds like with scouting equipment, so I, I take that to be like sort of saber metrics and things like that. How? What is, though, you know, the thing that is the affiliation, I guess, between the league itself and Major League Baseball in total? So, well, that's basically it. It's a, it's a partnership to develop players, you know. So here's the deal. MLB is cutting two teams in each of their minor league uh, team systems. So they're eliminating 60 jobs, basically, in the minor league uh, baseball trenches. So um, there's a gap between um, the draft, uh, complex baseball and long season A, and that gap needs to be filled. And and I think our league is going to come in, and we're going to definitely come in and fill that that gap. Um, the drafts being reduced from 40 rounds to 20 rounds, so there's going to be a, a bunch of players that are are uh, professional baseball quality um, that aren't going to be drafted and brought into the system right away. So those guys need a place to play, and. Um, there's going to be um, 60 jobs from each franchise that are, are eliminated because they don't, they, they aren't going to be under contract. So we're going to have those players that, that, that choose from um, as well as any future relationships that we may, may have with major league teams specifically. So it, it, it has the potential to, um, and it's going to be um, real exciting when we, start announcing, you know, players and, and how this is all going to come together. Um, we're going to have a real quality team on the field. Um, we're going to be probably a little older than we've been in the past. And um, uh, we're not going to be in the mid-20s, but we're going to still be young and still have prospects that are legitimate for um, getting to the major leagues. But we're just um, – we're not going to be as many 18-year-olds. I see us being more in the, in the 20 to 23 range. And you're going to just see guys who might have a year or two of experience under their belt, whereas we had a lot of first-year guys in the past. So that's why when I say the quality of play on the field might be better, they're going to be more experienced and more seasoned, and um, it's going to be exciting. One of, one of, if not the paramount primary goal of uh, a you know, high rookie league, a minor league baseball team in general, is the development of talent, the 
the cultivation of talent for the parent club, getting guys ready and as they pursue the, pursue their path to the, to the show. How does that change now uh, with this new model in your in your eyes, or does it change? Well, what they're you know they're definitely been going at the direction of analytics more, um, you know, and and Major League Baseball is you know. This, this is a, uh, as much of a business decision as it is a baseball decision. I mean, um, they're trying to streamline their player development departments to where they can be cost more cost effective. Um, we're all, you know, we're all trying to do things better and smarter. Um, and part of that process is, um, installing all the scouting technology. We've had some of it in the ballpark for a while with the uh, stat man and, um, but they're going to um, bring in some more equipment. And so there we'll be able to analyze players better. Um, it just, what it shows to, to what it should show to everybody is Major League Baseball is committing funds and resources to the Pioneer League because they realize that we are a part of the player development process and that we are about developing future major leaguers. So um, they're they're putting uh, money into our ballparks so that um, uh, they have access to data so they can make decisions on players better, and um, and I and that's very exciting. I mean, this is not. Uh, um, uh, you know, we're not we're not being demoted by any means. This is a true investment from MLB and and from our our franchise to make baseball better and uh, make the product better. One of the most exciting things that happens in a, a town like Missoula with a minor league baseball team is sometimes, especially when you're talking about the young players, there's been a variety of players that have been high draft picks that have come to Missoula, and those guys have stayed for a varying level, uh, range of time. I mean, sometimes they're here for a couple of weeks, sometimes they're here for a month, sometimes they're here for half the season, sometimes they're here for the full season. But I know one thing that's been um, cool for fans to see is those high draft picks, but then also sometimes it's a little bit disappointing when those guys get called up. I remember like last year, the or I guess two summers ago now, uh, formerly the Osprey shortstop was a great player, and then he got called up. So how does that situation work? What's the call-up situation like? Is there major league abilities for them to call up players from your specific roster or, or just take us through that specific process? Well, we're going to be technically an uh, independent pro league. So um, a lot of the players on our roster are, are, are going to be paid by us um, and under contract with us. Now, that doesn't mean that a major league club will not uh, buy that contract or um, get that player. Um, but we're also going to be working with major league baseball on on who our players should be and who, who, um, who they want to see uh, develop because there are prospects going forward. In terms of high draft picks, you know, like I said, uh, let's let the, the devils of the detail and that in the agreement be flushed out and see how that plays out. Um, uh, we're we're not quite into the um, in, into the weeds of that kind of detail, but um, uh, the fact that. Um, this arrangement's been announced and is ready to go. is pretty exciting. Matt Ellis joining us, the uh, vice president of the Missoula Paddleheads. Matt, I'm interested in this, you know, just from a local aspect because, you know, when when the Pioneer League was a minor league uh, uh, league and, and the teams then were associated with their clubs, like you said, particularly player salaries, managerial salaries and so forth, I believe were take, you know, were, were, were perpetuated by Major League Baseball through Minor League Baseball. 
How much of a, an, an investment, uh, whether it's a risk or whatever you want to talk about, you know, from a business standpoint, is this to now that, that you know, you the, the, the paddleheads, you know, obviously want to turn over, you know, have have a product that is uh, engaged with the community and that people are coming out for and have been very good about doing that. But now how much more of a, of a you know, necessity to make sure that people come out to games and stuff is there from a financial standpoint? Well, um, there's always risk in all business ventures, right? And, and Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball are working together to redefine how the minor leagues are set up, how the baseball system is set up, and uh, how professional baseball is set up. And that's going to be a risk for all of us to uh, uh, take on. But um, here's the exciting part from a business model for us is, you know, first of all, MLB is investing in our league, investing in our ballparks. Um, that's, that's exciting. Um, that shows the, their um, their commitment to our markets and to our league. Um, uh, the other thing is that the direct relationship with MLB, which is a lot stronger than it, it was in the previous uh, system, is going to uh, allow us to explore joint marketing efforts, ticketing efforts, fan engagement opportunities. Um, and, you know, Major League Baseball is pretty good at a lot of those things. So they're going to be able to provide some resources to our league and to our market and to Missoula um, to really benefit our product and make it better. So I think that's a real plus. Um, and then we have uh, a bigger schedule announced. We're going to do 92 games. We're going to get 46 at home. So we're going to have eight more um, games, which is um, uh, eight more opportunities to entertain our fans um, here in Missoula. And uh, that's exciting for us as a franchise. So um, there's a lot um, – of positives to this deal or else we wouldn't have done it as a league. And our, our league has been really strong staying together over the last 14 months as we negotiated this deal. And, and it was unanimous to be a part of this. Uh, it's a, it's a league that's, and uh, we all, we all agree that the risk and reward is worth, it was worth doing. And we feel like um, MLB is truly a partner in this league and it's going to make us better. You know, uh, prior to this, you know, obviously the owners of the franchises in the Pioneer League all have, you know, a, a say and kind of come to agreements about the league itself. But the administrative arm of it, if you will, was minor league baseball, right, where there's a commissioner and there's all these administrators and so forth and so on. Will there be a new, um, you know, committee like that, whether it's a commissioner's office or a league office that is just the Pioneer League and this partner league that, that now exists? So um, we're going to be um, a little more self-sufficient as a league. I think we're going to have um, a little more autonomy to do some creative and fun stuff. Um, and uh, there's going to be some negatives to, to not having the minor league baseball umbrella, but there's also going to be a lot of positives and opportunities that come with that. And so we're excited about exploring those. Um, uh, we're also going to work in con- concert with MLB. I, they've talked about using uh, partner leagues like ours for some rule change um, experimentation and that kind of thing. And so there's possibility of some uh, um, fun, uh, creative ways to look at the game and to improve it um, down the road. So um, th- what this does is it basically um, gives us a more direct line to MLB's commissioner's office and what they're trying to do. It's part of this one baseball initiative. And I think it's, um, it's got a lot of positives um, when, when you really look at it. So um, it's a big change. I know it makes fans sometimes nervous when change happens, but we think it's a positive change for baseball. 
Well, Matt, last thing for you here. Uh, I'll tell you what, when you talk about the Davis family and, and, and since they've, you know, been a part of this thing and been in the ownership of uh, then the Osprey and now the Paddleheads, and especially what has happened and having no baseball over these last months and trying to figure out a way to still make the park and the area, you know, community oriented. I just think that you guys have all done a, a fabulous job of being creative and thoughtful and, and really using that as an outlet in, in a time where there haven't been a lot of places to have an outlet, frankly. And I think that that's been great. How excited are you to now move forward into baseball, which is what the original you know plan was supposed to be with the Davis family and all that they have done for the park and continue to do and the energy that they bring along with everybody else that's associated with the organization now. Uh, yeah, the, Peter and Susan are great stewards of um, baseball, of Missoula, of our facility, um, and um, of our fans. They're, they've been amazing um, owners of this franchise, and and have, have really uh, led us through this difficult year, like all other businesses in, in our community and in, across the country, and um, have kept our staff together and really got us in a position to where we were able to, um, take a, to be a part of this, this exciting um, partner league and, and the new future that we have for baseball here in Missoula. So um, they've been amazing, and uh, it's... Um, it's, you know, we learned a lot this summer uh, with all these events. And what I tell people is we're going from a, we've all of a sudden become a hundred event uh, per year uh, facility versus just a 50 to 60 event facility. So um, we we're going to take what we learned this summer and we're going to incorporate it into the ballpark around our baseball schedule. We're going to do some movie nights. We're going to keep some of these partnerships with like the Roxy theater and those that were really successful and helped uh, our community partners during this pandemic. We're going to keep those relationships going forward as, as much as possible and, and really uh, continue to uh, be stewards for great entertainment, uh, family affordability at the ballpark, not only for baseball, but all summer along with other events. No, it's very exciting, and Matt, we're, congratulations to you. I know that we've all sort of been sitting here going, well, I don't know, what do we got? The Paddleheads just zero games and that's it, or what do we got? And now we have uh, uh, not just this season, but but hopefully for years to come uh, here in Missoula and around the region uh, that doesn't have a ton of baseball, obviously, and so that's that's fantastic. Congratulations to you, and thanks for being with us. Hey, thank you, and I promise the fans the baseball will be really good, and uh you know, we're excited because, you know, we got robbed of our Paddleheads inaugural game this year because of COVID. And so we're excited in, in mid-May, somewhere around there, we're going to have this inaugural Paddleheads game and, and um, finish revealing our new brand with our uniforms and such. And we're excited to uh, uh, share that with the community come May. Fantastic. Matt, thank you. There thank you, you, guys. There you go. Matt Ellis, again, vice president of the Missoula Paddleheads. And uh, he, uh, you know, given us all the information that we need, which is obviously great. I find this interesting. We, we speculated today. I didn't know it until he said, but they're, they're, they're having the number of rounds, right? From 40 rounds mm-hmm. in the Major League Baseball draft to 20. Mm-hmm. Now, when we get our media sheets, Coulter, right, when we go mm-hmm. to, to, mm-hmm. to games, you get the list of every player and then what round he was drafted in. Sure. Or occasionally if they were undrafted as it is. Sure. There's a handful that were higher than 20, you know, in the teens or in the single digits. But the vast majority, Mm -hmm. right, is in the 20s, is in the 30s. All of those players are still going to be available. And what I find interesting is you talk about a 32-team 
uh, uh, league or 30 team league like Major League Baseball. So 30 32. Now I'm all turned around. I could never keep it straight between okay. the NBA and the NFL. There's 30 or 32 it's teams 30. in each of the. No, it's 30 because <laughs> it's, th- it's, d- it's even in the NBA and in, in football. Right. It's 32 in the NBA. So anyway, but 60 players, when you talk about cutting two, fr- two teams, two minor league teams per you know, MLB franchise, 60 players times 30, do the math on that, 1,800 guys. Mm-hmm. Are sitting out here who who would have had teams they were playing professionally for within an organization that aren't there. Now you got right. eight teams to field, and there's a there's I think two other partner leagues which by the way have already been in existence. So I don't mm-hmm. know what the windfall will be for them, but you know it does. What if you talk about rounds twenty one through forty that just aren't happening, and the number of guys and the talent that is there that has traditionally been drafted, and what the windfall has been for that. Now, how many people you can pull from? That's a whole lot of baseball players that are very good baseball players. Well, I was thinking about the other side of this as well. This means that, I mean, the three pools of players, as stated in this initial release, Guys have been released from Major League Baseball clubs, affiliated players who are under contract by a Major League team, or former professional, or excuse me, undrafted players, former professional baseball players have been released, or guys that are affiliated. The Pioneer League, I think, is probably one of the most unique experiences that many baseball prospects can have. Mm. If you're from Venezuela or the Dominican Republic, when you just get sent to Montana, that's a quite a, a thing. Yeah. But I think that Montana in the summer is a great place, too. And I think that a lot of these guys have wonderful memories of it. This opens the door. We've never seen a, a player over the age of 30, I don't think, that's played for the Missoula baseball team, whether it's the Osprey or Paddleheads or otherwise, right? What if there's just a guy who's, you know, later in his years? Ricky Henderson went and played independent league baseball, for example, yeah. for several years yeah. after he retired. Yeah. Prince Fielder played for the Helena Brewers for a while. What if what if Prince Fielder <laughs> just wants to come back to Montana? You know? I mean, right. that's that's an extrapolation, but I mean, Lyle Overbay, you know, one of the greatest Osprey of all time. He played here his the very first year of the Osprey. I think he still owns the Pioneer League single season record for RBI in the season. He was the MVP of the league. The, the Diamondbacks made a concerted effort to make the Osprey incredibly good that year. Yeah. So they had guys like Corey Myers and Elise Torero and, you know, Casey Daigle and Lyle Overbay. I mean, more, there's there's probably more guys that went out of the major leagues from that team than any other team in Osprey history. Right. Because they wanted them, you know, debut season, have it be really good. But what if some of those guys now here 20 years later come back? You never know. Yeah. I just think that that's going to be the fun part, too, because you might have some, you know, some would call it maybe a sideshow attraction. But, I mean, I don't care. It's some guy who played for 15 years in the major yeah. leagues is playing for the Paddleheads for a day or playing for Ogden or whatever. I'm in. I'm going to go watch it. For sure. Uh, very good. Well, our thanks again to uh, to Matt Ellis for joining us. We appreciate that. And we will uh, spend some more time certainly talking about the Paddleheads as we go and as we get, you know, obviously closer and closer to May, the early start date now of May as opposed to uh, – um, you know, June, what it's been. So you get basically an extra month of baseball, which is uh, also pretty great, it seems to me. We'll take a quick break. On the other side, Grayson Katzenbach, who is uh, a fencer and uh, uh, an instructor, an official in the world of fencing, and also the Missoula Fencing Association president, uh, trying to keep going with the with the fencing in the city of Missoula. We're going to learn a little bit and find out a little bit about uh, 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 some nonprofit work that's going on here in town we'll get to that right after this hey we live in this great state so we can enjoy it 
And if you're a business owner, you know how hard you work, sometimes at the expense of your own free time. That is where Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services comes in. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services is a virtual bookkeeper that's help, that helps small businesses organize, maintain, and grow their business, which helps keep your business running smoothly and gives you more time to do what you love. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services offers monthly bookkeeping and will even clean up previous month's books. Visit blackbookkeepingllc.com to schedule your free consultation today. Again, it's blackbookkeepingllc.com. Schedule right now with Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services. What are your business challenges for 2021? Supporting an increased remote workforce? Securing and managing your expanding corporate network? Communicating with your customers, employees, and partners? Whatever your challenges and priorities for 2021, Blackfoot Communications knows it all starts with a plan. We are here to help you assess, design, implement, and support your most critical technology infrastructure initiatives. Call Blackfoot at 866-541-5000 or email business at blackfoot.com to learn how we can set you up for success in 2021 and beyond. Blackfoot, connect to more. You know, there's a whole bunch of things that you can do, but you can only do them if you know about them. So maybe fencing is one of those. It's 2 Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Good to be with you at Gus 2 Tell on Twitter, at 1029 ESPN, at Skyline Sports MT. Those are your relevant Twitter handles. You can go uh, check those out at your leisure and enjoy the Twitterverse that is there. Boys and girls, we're happy now to go to the Rangage Brothers RV phone line. We welcome in the head and a lifer, in fact, in the uh, world of fencing, the head of the Missoula Fencing Association, Grayson Katzenbach. Grayson, thank you so much for being with us. How are you? I'm great, thank you. Thanks so much for having me. How are you doing? Well, we're, we're doing very well ourselves, and we appreciate you being here with us. And you will uh, know very, very shortly the amount of ignorance that I have when it comes to fencing <laughs> is at a high, high level. The only thing I know is Zorro. And uh, mm. I don't know. I don't know how far. It gets me a little bit, I guess. Pointy end goes into the other man. That's that, what he says, That was right? my Spanish name that, in high school. Zorro? Zorro. Wow, amazing. Yeah, no, uh, there you go. At, at the end of the day, that's what we do, right? Yeah. That's Exactly. Like how much, you know, how, how much is there? But there is, this is such an interesting sport, such an intricate one, I know. And one that you know very, very well. I mean, you were the captain of the fencing team at Virginia. You've been at the University of Virginia. You've been a, an official in it. Just give us a quick overlay. Like, what do, what do people who don't know anything about fencing need to know about fencing? Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, not a lot of people know about the sport. Or if they do, they have a very narrow view of what it is. I myself got involved because I had the idea of Princess Bride. If you see that movie with the oh, fencing yes. theme, oh yeah, so you know I didn't really, yeah, and so I didn't really know what I was getting into, anyways. Um, but then when I found it, I absolutely fell in love with the sport. So fencing, you can actually find fencing dating all the way back to ancient Egypt when people were like, you know, we have swords, let's try to hit each other for fun, and that concept has just really evolved throughout time with the Renaissance period and, uh, you know, gladiators all the way to modern fencing. And so what we have now is the modern sport of Olympic fencing, and there's three weapons, foil, epee, and saber. And all of them have different rules to them, um, but it's actually now the most, arguably one of the most technologically advanced sports in existence. So when you see our 
swords that we have, there's actually wiring running through those swords, detecting where you make hits on the body for valid touches. Now we still keep to the concept of whoever makes, you know, the correct hit, the correct rest and target area on your opponent gets the touch. Um, but there's a lot more grace and art to it uh, that applies that strategy. Tell us about that part, the grace and the art of it. I mean, that's one of my favorite parts of any sport. So what makes someone an, an elegant or appealing fencer? Yeah, for sure. So what I love about fencing is that there's so many different styles. Um, and you can see that across France, Germany, the United States. But even within that, uh, the own person can really make the strategy their own. And so I've seen people who are 60 years old absolutely beat up on a super athletic 16-year-old just because, uh, you know, their blade work is better. Uh, but if you have someone who is better at footwork, they can really play to that advantage. And so what I really mean by that is we call fencing physical chess. And so, you know, you're playing a chess game and you have different strategies behind chess, what your player, your opponent might do and what you might do, and you have your skill set. And fencing is really about taking those different puzzle pieces about what you know about your opponent and about yourself and matching that up. Um, and so you'll see that what I mean kind of by the art of that is what we do at Missoula Fencing is we teach you the actions and then you take that a step further and practice what actions you like and what actions you know will go best towards your opponent. Grayson Katzenbach joining us. She's uh, the head of the Missoula Fencing Association, originally from Virginia, uh, was uh, on the junior Olympic team, in fact, for fencing. And how did you get to Missoula? I mean, you came here to, specifically to participate in this, right, in some form. So how did, how did Missoula get on your radar from a fencing standpoint? Yeah, absolutely. I was actually a mutual friend, um, and we were at the Summer National Championship, summer of 2019, and, um, you know, Missoula has surprisingly a great, strong number of competitive fencers. And so there were a few fencers competing at the national championships. And um, somebody reached out to me and said, Grace, and hear me out. There's this club in Montana, and I think you'd love it there. And I said, I'm, I'm not going to Montana. I've never been there. Like, I don't know anything <laughs> about it. And they said, no, like, hear me out. They're, they're great people. And so they flew me out to Missoula for my final interview. And I've got to tell you, I, I fell in love with the area and I fell in love with the people. Um, just, this is just a really special club that we have here in Missoula. Um, you know, I've been to clubs literally coast to coast across the nation. And what we have here at Missoula is uh, just fostering of complete value of the athlete as well as the person in that community and that just drew me in so what's great is that we have fencers um, who just do it recreationally and we also have fencers who you know we had a fencer who competed in the junior olympics this season and placed 22nd out of over 300 fencers nationwide um, so we really work hard at Missoula that whatever your fencing goal is, whether it be to come in with friends on a Tuesday night or to go all the way to nationals, we want to foster your goals. You know, you came in, too, at a very interesting time, right, to the Missoula Fencing Association, because yeah. we've had, well, we've had 2020 has happened, hasn't it? So Absolutely. Uh, tell, tell people what's going on, because this is pretty interesting. You've created a GoFundMe. Now, the, 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 the Missoula Fencing Association has been in existence since 07 and has been a nonprofit this, this whole time, but there's a, a great match that's going on right now. So tell the people about that, what's going on. 
Absolutely, yeah. So uh, Missoula Fencing Association has worked hard to stay active throughout the pandemic. We actually went online for a few months there and now offer online and in-person instruction. But we're really trying to, uh, we're participating in what's called Giving Tuesday, which is today. And it's a worldwide platform just to take that time to give back to organizations um, that are really trying to keep the community together. And so we're working on a GoFundMe to try to support our organization because like many, like many facilities, COVID definitely had a blow to us. And um, at its core, when you walk through the doors of MFA, we are a home to our students and we're trying to keep that going. So we are having a GoFundMe. Um, you can find that information on our website or Facebook page. Also, just going on GoFundMe and searching for Missoula Fencing Association. And all of that is just going towards um, rent security, um, air filtration, you know, all the things that we're doing to try to adapt for COVID. And again, it's the Missoula Fencing Association on Facebook. What's the website that folks can visit? The website is MissoulaFencing.net. We'll get you out of here on this then. What do you think is the most rewarding or applicable thing you can learn from fencing, particularly if you're getting your kids or your teenagers involved in this, what, what, what sort of life skills can it teach you? Oh, that's difficult because there's so many. Um, and actually part of my job as a coach is that there's so many parts of fencing that I try to mold it for you to get the lessons that you need to out of it. But I will speak for myself. What it's given me most is that yes, fencing is an individual sport, but we have a team atmosphere. And what I love about fencing is every time I gear up and I grab my, my sword, um, at the end of the day, if I win, I'm the one who won that bout. But if I lose, I also lost. And fencing has really taught me to internalize that responsibility while being aggressive. You know, it's a, it's a um, weapon that you're fighting with um, while also being graceful and tactful and really honing in on my control and in my agility. And so I'd say those were the lessons that fencing has really taught me about that individual aspect while still being part of a team. Grayson, thank you so much for being with us. Again, if you'd like to participate, go find Missoula Fencing on Facebook or MissoulaFencing.net uh, for uh, for the give. It's a big match that's going on today, so every dollar is going to go further today on this Gives Tuesday. And Grayson, we appreciate you being with here and uh, being with us here and uh, and and helping us learn a little bit. All right. Yeah, thank you. And um, you know, if you ever want to come into the fencing style, we're we're here and. Uh, we are operating under full COVID regulations, um, but we have beginner classes in January as well starting back up. But again, any contribution towards Giving Tuesday will be matched uh, today. And then um, beyond that, giving, uh, we will be running the GoFundMe until January 1st. Wonderful. Thank you, Grayson, so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. I feel like if, uh, if my son found out that the that like he could do what he does 20 hours a day anyway oh man and score points doing it you oh, know man. what i mean oh man it'd be over just he swords seen, everywhere has he seen fencing was such a part of the popular culture because of the princess bride was such a, a mm. famous iconic you know, cult classic movie and then zorro obviously the legend of zorro those both of those phenomena sort of faded from the the conscious i mean i think that Older people, but I don't think kids are really all that into Zorro anymore, right? I mean, that's not necessarily one of the heroes that has lasted like a Spider-Man or a Batman or a Superman, right? Not as much Zorro, I don't know. Deadpool? Deadpool. (laughs) 
<laughs> is that a fool? Yeah. I don't know. But, you got but, a sword, doesn't he? But uh, it's so interesting, though, because if, if you're a little boy, you, you gravitate towards swords. It's just instinctual, seems, I suppose. Seems like it. But w- then when you learn, especially if you have a brother, hey, there's this sword that doesn't have a point on it. Yeah. And it's allegedly not sharp or dangerous. Yeah. We can just hit each other. And yeah. then you start fencing with your brother, and then really you're just massacring him. Right. Just, <laughs> just whipping across <laughs> the shins. It is fun, though. I mean, the, those, the, the Zorro, though, that's something that I think should get revived. Hey, it's a, the Legend of Zorro is a great story. The Mask of Zorro the, is a, one of the great like, movies. Oh, it's unbelievable, man. I, I'll never forget going to that. That's one of the couple theater experiences where I was just completely blown to the big explosion at the end. Oh. They blew up the mine. And Antonio like, Banderas. What in the world? One of the greatest castings Zeta there Jones? ever was. Oh, for great. But great, those two great. characters, Antonio Banderas and Catherine Zeta-Jones, I mean, doesn't get better. classic Hollywood. Uh, have you seen the Geico fencing commercial? No. You know, the people are there. Like, commercials oh, are on no, unless no, you're the stop. one giving it to oh, me. stop with that. Great. Geico's fantastic. <laughs> uh, Coulter, it's Tuesday. Hey. We like to have a little something for the people on Tuesday evenings, afternoons, evenings, as it were. And, hey, maybe a little something for ourselves. It's Tagliari Tuesday. You can hear Coulter banging around in the, plas- in the paper bag over here getting this sandwich out. But Tagliari delicatessen best sandwiches in town and uh well we got something for the people if you haven't been paying attention they named all their sandwiches after bands right this one is the santana okay this perhaps might be my favorite band that has a sandwich name we'll see is that right if it's my favorite sandwich but you got yourself some prosciutto some turkey some pineapple, some pineapple? Oh. pineapple. Yeah, oh. you got the garlic aioli, oh. sort of the spicy and salty. This is what you need to go get yourself. Yeah, we get, we're going to send you down there. You can get the main menu. You can get the little little secret menu. They they put the secret menu out in front. You, it's not a secret anymore. Right. Order off the secret menu. I promise. This one's delicious. The hollow notes is delicious. Go get it. Tagliari. Every Tuesday, giving you twenty five dollars, including this Tuesday. Three six one three six eight eight three six one three six eight eight. Got a twenty five dollar gift card to Tagliari Delicatessen. Tagliari Delicatessen, the best sandwiches in the entire city of Missoula, located right there on the corner of Beckwith and Higgins. Go check them out today. Quick break. Get into some high school championships next. Top of the hour. Justin Angle, the business angle, all that. Two Tell Nuanas, ESPN Radio. Coulter, obviously, if people are traveling, you got to have them stay somewhere else, not with you. That's true even when COVID isn't going on, and especially now. So you send them out to the Wingate. We know that. That's obvious. What you might not know is about all the meeting space they have out there, convention space, and even personal office space, because God knows I can't stand being with you any much longer. I'm going out there. I'm going to lock up my own personal office at the Wingate. You can do the same thing. If you need a business space, whether it's for yourself personally or or you're just tired of doing Zoom meetings, you just want to see other humans, but you want to be socially distanced, the Wingate has great business meeting rooms. You can space out. They have all the hookups and technology you're going to need for any sort of meeting or presentation. Or if you're like Ryan and you just want to have a place where you can work in peace and quiet, the Wingate Inn also a great option for those that live and work around Western Montana and the city of Missoula. If you have anybody coming through town or you want to get your kids out of the house, Wingate also has awesome rooms, great business rates. The pool is back open. They've done a great job of making sure that's going be safe for you and your family. The Wingate Inn, located in Missoula, it's an excellent option for business travelers, local business people, or anybody coming through the city of Missoula. Let the Wingate Inn make you feel at home even when you're not. 
Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. I hate this week. Uh, Why? Because uh, my wife has chosen this week to be a no-carb week. <laughs> the American roller coaster is phenomenal. And uh, so the sandwich that just floated through here and is in my nostrils right now and is really the only thing I want on earth at this moment I'm, I'm not supposed to have. And I can't even cheat like any, you know, normal person would because I'm, you know, being projected statewide. Right. And so there's a good chance it gets back to her if I start eating it, you know. And maybe then I text her, well, what are we having for dinner? You know, because now before I was just starving and now I'm ready to just keel over and pass out because uh-huh. of the scent. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And uh, salmon, veggies, which is great. Yeah. You know, I don't know for sure i've never tried it but i think that it's impossible to actually get full on salad (laughs) like these elephants i've been to africa and i watched these things march through the woods right through the jungle and whatever you know what they do they just just constantly without cessation with the nose grabbing every plant by the root and just shoving it in just on and on and on and on and on in this never-ending cycle of eating and i'm like you know if if you ate maybe some meat you know you could maybe take a take a half an hour off of this eating that you're doing all the time these elephants and i mean not to compare myself with the the great bovine beasts of the earth but I think that this is like I could probably eat forever for every waking moment and never stop if it was just lettuce on the menu and nothing would happen. Like I would probably not die, but I would also never be satiated. <laughs> well, you can't complain when you have somebody else making you food. I mean, that's it's fair. It's much easier to go on a diet when someone else cooks for you. It. It's not easier, it's possible. It's (laughs) impossible the other way. Yeah, right, because I go on a diet, and I'm like, man, I did great for four meals. Mm -hmm. Tagliari. Oh, man. (laughs) I was almost, I was about about 18 hours in yesterday Mm -hmm. is when I I had my first, why am I doing this (laughs) thing? And then I I was able to push through that, and now I'm a day and 18 hours in. And, uh, you know. It's 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 idiotic. Well, if you make it till next Tuesday, you can break your fast with another tagliari sandwich. Well, I'm not waiting till then, but believe me, I'm eating both halves next. <laughs> uh, it is time for a prep extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmers State Bank. Farmers State Bank proud to celebrate the opening of their newest location, 2125 Last Chance Gulch in Helena. If you're watching us in the Helena area, brand new location for you there. Innovative mobile and traditional banking solutions for personal and commercial customers. That's Farmer State Bank online, farmersebank.com. Coulter, we, we've covered a bunch of state championships this fall. Yep. And again, how how fortunate we are to have been able to cover state championships. Got Obviously, all books. most states did not. Every uh, single fall sport. All, we made it's it. completion. That's right. That's amazing. And we spent a lot of time with football, and that's, uh, and that's you know, well and good. But there's a bunch of other sports, and we covered those too. But what maybe we didn't focus enough on is some of the true runs and dynasties yes, yes. that have been you know 
continued yes. or built in this in this fall right here. And that's what I wanted to go through because I think this year there's two distinct categories that almost every state championship team fit into. Either the extension of dominance or a historical title that hadn't happened in some number of years. In high school sports, if it hasn't happened in 15 years, that means it hasn't happened in the memories of the kids winning the titles. Yeah, right. And so it's significant. And if it hasn't happened in 40 years, that's amazing. Like Sentinel's football championship, which hadn't happened in 48 years. Yeah. That's truly profound. So first, we got to start with the Sentinel Boys Athletic Department. They won Class AA in golf. First time since 2005. Mm-hmm. They won class double. Freshmen win the individual oh, yeah, title. Freshmen won the individual yeah. title. So they won in cross country, snapping Bozeman's 12-year reign as the kings of class double A. Mm-hmm. And it was also their first title since 1984. And then they went in football, their first title since 1972. Amazing. Praise darn good fall for the Spartans. Th- then you look at uh, Bozeman High School and their dominance. They continue to dominate girls golf. That was their fifth straight title in girls golf. They won again in girls cross country. That's 13 out of 14. Wow. I mean, when will it end? I don't know if it will end at this point. I mean, now you're to the point where Bozeman High's girls team, state is just the warm-up for regionals, which is just the warm-up for nationals. Yeah. And they go to nationals and they get in the top 25. So it's a program far out ahead of almost everybody uh, else. And then you got to talk about some of the other great dynasties that were continued you talk about the Laurel girls in golf, their third straight title. And Laurel had a banner year across the board because they also uh, were able to cla- uh, capture the Class A soccer title, which gives Laurel um, back-to-back titles. There's the only team other than Billing Central in the history of Class A to win consecutive titles. So good year for the, the Laurel girls. And then you also talk about the Laurel boys winning their first football title since 2002. Uh, some other notable dynasties that continued – the Hellgate boys won their fourth Class AA soccer title in five years and their sixth in the last 10. So that was pretty darn impressive. The Whitefish boys in soccer won their third straight title. They, uh, I think, went 44-0-4 over the last three years. No defeats. So undefeated Amazing. for three years Amazing. is pretty darn impressive. Um, but then on the other side of things, we had some firsts as well. The Glacier girls win their first ever right. state soccer Title. The Laurel girls won cross country as well, and that snapped a 27-year drought at the Class B cross country level. You had Eureka boys and girls each repeat, so that's the burgeoning dynasties. But at Class C cross country, the boys won their fifth straight title. They're the first Class C team to ever win five in a row. There's been no teams to ever win five in a row in cross country besides at the AA level, and it's only been Bozeman. Yeah. So Manhattan Christian into an elite company there on the boys' side, and cool for them to sweep Boys and girls, that rarely happens, again, unless it's Bozeman High School (laughs) sweeping across uh, the the disciplines. Um, And then you look at volleyball, and you have to acknowledge Helena Capital. 71 consecutive match winning streak. Amazing. Three straight state titles. Billing Central, three in the last four at the Class A level in terms of state titles. But then probably the biggest dynasty that existed in Montana, besides Bozeman High Cross Country, is the Huntley Project. Uh, Red Devils. I mean, they had won, I believe, 12 of the last 15 state championships. They had a 101 match winning streak coming into this year. I, I believe they had they won five state straight championships. They did, and then won four more straight right. in a different streak. They had won. They had won uh, 10 since 2009 mm-hmm. and 12 since 2005. And but they had a five 
a break, a back-to-back, a break, and then they had one four straight coming into this year. And 101 straight matches, like you said. I'm an unbelievable yeah. dominance. I remember when we used to cover the all-class volleyball tournament, you'd always see what was going on in the class uh, AA A and C courts because you knew you didn't have to watch the class B tournament until the semifinals <laughs> at least because right. it's just Huntley Project. Yeah. They're just there. Yeah. Uh, well, and but, they were there again. And they were there again, but Joliet, the Giant Slayers, they topple Huntley Project. They played eight times this year because of coronavirus. They, they're in the same district. So you're talking about tournaments, head-to-heads, divisionals, and, and Joliet state. already beat Huntley Project in the regular season yep. to end that 101-game streak. That yep. was big news when it happened, and then they finished it off in style in the state championship. Pretty huge. And then on the in the Class it's C sweet, level, by the way. with the Class C level, this is also impressive. Manhattan Christian was gunning for back-to-back state titles. They were denied by Bridger. That was this this bookends this this trend right yeah Bridger's first state title since 2005 but their class C record 12th title overall amazing so a revitalization of the culture and then we mentioned in football double A and A but then Manhattan congratulations to them first title in school history in class B uh, six man title went to Freud Lake for their first state title ever but then you also have the extension of a dynasty with the Flint Creek Trojans or Flint Creek Titans excuse me going uh this is the Drummond Trojans, but the Drummond Phillipsburg Co-op, their third title in four seasons. Three of four. Very, very good. Colter, thank you. It's our prep extra segments brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Hour one of the books, hour two, straight ahead. Business Angle Tuesday. Friend Justin Angle, professor of business and marketing at the University of Montana, joins us right after this. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, How about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus. 